from the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area. This is The Statement Show. I am your host, Terry James, along with my co-host, Zach Chahi. We're covering sports, technology, entertainment, news, and everything in between. The lights are on. We're recording on Sunday, August 19th. Welcome back to another episode of The Statement Show. I'm Terry James. I'm Zach Shea. This week, we're talking rumored release date and features of the iPhone 5, movie reviews, and special guest gaming reviewer, Josh Walker. That's right. But before we get into all that, let's just, uh, we're going to tell you a little about what's going on this week. I'm going to tell you first that, I don't know, I, I guess I get a little something off my head. You ever have a situation where you're driving and somebody cuts you off and you just get pissed and, and you get this enraged. It's I guess you call it what car rage, right? Right, road rage, so, car mm-hmm. rage, whatever. I mean, I went to a restaurant this week and some little some kid cut me off and took a space I've been waiting for for a few minutes. And <laughs> you just have those moments. You just in your mind you envision yourself getting out. Man, I'm gonna tell you what I had one of those I had one of those <laughs> moments today. So we didn't even eat there because I didn't want to have to go in there and wait and look at the guy in the face because I didn't know right. if I. I just, I mean, I guess that's what the world's coming to. People just seem to be rude. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But especially teenagers. Uh, yeah. I guess we were all there at one point or another, right? <laughs> yeah. You start feeling like your mom and dad talking now. Oh, my God. I never thought I'd hear myself say that. <laughs> but I guess right. it is happening, turning into my parents. So you you didn't get out of your car and actually walk over and physically no, assault No, what happened, my wife went in, she... Uh, was looking, we, we, we scoped out the parking lot. You know, you kind of do that little maze thing around the parking lot. You know, it's kind of like Christmas time and the parking lot's full and you're following somebody around to the car and it's almost like they're snickering because they know they're just going to keep walking around the parking lot. You're looking for that prime spot. Mm-hmm. So I found it. That one spot right in front of the restaurant where you want to back in and you're perfect. You're right there by the front door. So I, I pull up. There's no other cars around. I see somebody pulling out. So I wait. They take their sweet old time getting ready. They get in their car. They drive away patiently as my wife is in there already putting our name in. As soon as the spot clears out, this kid drives up in his little Honda and just takes the spot real fast with a bunch of people in the car with him. And he's, you just you have that little moment where you feel like you could snap. And so at those times, you, you there's people with road rage that go out too far. And I just remember that's the stuff you have to think about when you have these little moments when you feel like you just could get out and strangle somebody. Right. You got to remember that first of all, my, my my kids in the back seat. So, you know, obviously you don't want them to see you going over the top. So when my wife got back in, said about 20 minutes, I told her we're going somewhere else. She kind of gave me that look, but I figured it was better than going inside and, you know, doing something I might regret. So, well, here's the question. In the car, was there a, a female with the with the boy? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's 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 your whole reasoning right there. Just I mean, because... this this kid looked like he might have been a buck oh five. Right. Right. I'm six foot five, two hundred and sixty five pounds. Okay. I would have I would have wiped the street with this kid. So the problem is he had the female with him, so that makes him six foot ten and bulletproof. You get that, right? Yeah. I, that's I that. that's the reasoning, you know. It doesn't matter. He's got his girl with him. He's got to show off a little bit. Leave the kid alone, Zach. Come on, man. <laughs> but it, to me, it just seems like there's a disconnect nowadays. Um, you let somebody through. Uh, people don't even wave half the time anymore. I go out of my way if somebody lets me in, or you know, you get in one of those big traffic jam kind of situations, and somebody waves you in, lets you get out, that kind of thing. The common courtesy thing is to wave. 
You know, you say mm-hmm. it's just that nice neighborly, thanks, I appreciate it kind of thing. You almost expect it. But nowadays, it almost seems like people don't even do that anymore. So Okay, okay, let's stop right there. You come from Pennsylvania. You don't live there now, but you come from Pennsylvania. I live in Pennsylvania. We both work, commute, all the kind of good stuff down into the metro D.C. area. Uh-huh. We both know that the metro D.C. area is nothing like Pennsylvania when it comes to driving. I have, I don't think in the 10 or 15 years that I've been going down to the D.C. metro area that I've had anyone wave at me and say, oh, yeah, sure, come on over. It's fine. They're too busy going about 95 miles an hour past you, cutting you off, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Now, well, here, it's it's usually farm tractors and, you know, I mean. Well, it's, it's no, little... see, that's that's where I disagree. Well, maybe the area you're from. I come from the right, uh, right. If, I come from the Lancaster County area in, the, in Pennsylvania. And as soon as I tell anybody out here that's where I'm, that the area I've lived most of my life, the first thing they asked me, oh, you live with the Amish. Now, the <laughs> Amish people did not live in my backyard, okay? This is more of a tourist area, Amish kind of thing. The Amish kind of lived in their own area. Um, I lived out in the, I mean, the tourist area, there is a place called Lincoln Highway where all the, and that's where all the tourist traps are. It's where a lot of the, a lot of the Amish people are. If you go in the deeper Amish country, that's where that school shooting was, where that lunatic went in there and, and unloaded on a bunch of Amish kids. It's it's kind of a different community. It, they're not, you know, in the tourist area, there's not real strict Amish. So out in Pennsylvania, where, where I, I grew up, I didn't see a lot of Amish. But I right. worked in an area where there were a lot of Amish for a while. And what you would see more of is the horse and buggy thing. Right, right. And if you think you have road rage out here, try getting behind a horse and, bu- a horse and buggy. That drives you insane. Or you walk around the mall. Uh, this is the funny. Most people don't know this, but you're walking around the mall and... There's teenagers walking around everywhere, and you, and as soon as you see the Amish teenagers trying to act like trying to blend in, it, it's it never works. You see what you know? They're wearing they got that bowl cut thing going on. Right, right. Um, they're wearing super tight black, but they're not jeans. They're those slacks. Right. And it just kind of you know they're trying to blend in, and or they're wearing the high tops with the tongue pulled out with the slacks. You know, they're so there's. More- they're more the plain people there. Yeah, that's yeah. more of the plain. They're just trying to blend. Come on. Yeah, this they're doing kid, this kid that that cut you off, got you in a foul mood today, Zach. Well, I'm letting it go. So, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you didn't see anything in the paper with me murdering anybody this week. <laughs> yeah, so. right, right, right. I, I, I'll let it go. I will, you just got to let it go past because if you got pissed at everybody that that cut you off on the road, I mean, you'd be in jail for life. I mean, <laughs> a long time. Yeah. So. You've been up. What have you been up to this week? Well, last night, uh, the wife and I had a date night and went and saw Hope Springs uh, with Tommy Lee Jones and Meryl Streep. At first, I was a little a little concerned on the movie, you know, because it's kind of got that romantic comedy. Thing. I don't know, man. You know, I'm more of a of a humor kind of guy, you know, but uh, in actuality, it was hilarious. It was, it was a very good movie. Um, but it was nice just to get out, just me and the missus, no kids, dog, no nothing, just me and her laughing, having a good time, keeps the marriage going, you know? Oh, there you go. Uh, date night. Date night. I've been married for over 12 years and I don't think we've had a date night yet. (laughs) Um, go see Hope Springs. All right. Uh, maybe, but anyway, before we get into the movie stuff, I know we have, we have, uh, Josh Walker, our game reviewer. He's going to be adding some content to our website with game reviews. 
we're talking PS3 games. We're talking some PC games. He's a really big MMO player. Uh, that's um, multiplayer, massive multiplayer online gaming. That entails a lot of different types of games. But before we get into all that, I'll ask him to kind of explain a little bit. But we're going to bring him on. I did want to talk about our website, www.thestatementshow.com or just thestatementshow.com because it'll come up either way. We have an Amazon link on there to so that if you click on it, you can go to Amazon, purchase anything. It'll help out to keep us going, keep our website going, keep the show going. Uh, we'd really appreciate anybody going there. Just click through. It doesn't. It's not going to do anything to disadvantage you by your shopping. You just come through. You click on it. It takes you right to Amazon. The difference is they are able to tell that you've come through our website, and we get just a little taste. As you said in the previous, Terry, somebody comes on and spends $3 million, we get our nickel. Yeah, so, maybe $0.10. Cents. If it's $3 million, I'd say $0.10. Cents. Yeah, you're right. It might be ten to twelve cents. I'll, maybe <laughs> a nickel is an exaggeration. Maybe we'll get a dime out of it. So maybe. don't think we're getting rich off of this, but it's a, a chance to help incur some of the costs that keeps the show going. It and so we can try to get some better guests on. If anybody caught our last episode with with famed ufologist Stanton Freeman, and as he would like to be called, by the way, he is a physicist. Everybody seems to leave that leave that out. So. Anyway, if you ever you want to go back and, and check out our previous show with uh, Stanton Freeman, I, I I would suggest it was a really good show. So yeah, and, and speaking of the uh, the show, uh, our YouTube hits were actually probably our, our our most in one week that we've ever had. So we we definitely thank everyone for checking that out on YouTube. Absolutely. So this is kind of a learning process for everybody, but as we go, we hope you come along for the ride. So uh, let me bring Josh on here. I guess. Hey, how are you doing, Josh? So we were just talking about uh, MMOs here, and maybe you can give us a little explanation of what an MMO is. An MMO stands for uh, Massively Multiplayer Online Game, and most commonly, you know, the most common one you'll find is a is an MMORPG. There's also other, pretty much anything you can get with, I, I would say, maybe about anywhere from 20 to 50 players minimum could be considered an MMO. Okay. I hear a lot of talk about Diablo 3 being called an MMO, but the most you can get in one game is four players, so that's nowhere near massively. Now, Diablo, do you pay a monthly fee to be on that? No. No, okay. So most MMOs right now, you pay about, the average is about $15 a month, correct? Yeah, it's uh, the standard, the, the standard fee is usually fourteen ninety nine. but uh, free-to-play MMOs are, uh, they're popping up left and right. Uh, some of them are good, some of them aren't. I would say the most successful that I've seen so far is probably Lord of the Rings Online. Okay. I've got to tell you, the one that I've played the most recently would be the Star, the Star Wars uh, MMO. Uh, my brother got me into that, and I played on there with him. Uh, I don't spend as much time on it. You have to spend a lot of time on to build up these characters, and there's a... There's a, a large investment of time. Obviously, uh, people spend a lot of money on these games. Some people have more than one account. Raids where people, what, they meet up on a weekly basis. They agree upon a certain time and they meet up on a certain basis. But that, that was never anything I got into. I just kind of like, gone, I would get on and play three or four hours at a time, maybe on my days off, and then I wouldn't touch it till the following week. And then I would, my character wouldn't very, you know, wouldn't advance very far. So are you still playing the Star Wars? Uh, actually, I dropped that oh God, a couple you, months ago. What didn't you like about it? Honestly, it was a combination of the guild I was in and the lack of content after a while. Because every time, every MMO I've ever played, I shoot right to level cap really quick. I usually solo all the content. Okay. But uh, 
I just have a level really quickly. So I, I get to the end game content and everything. The raid group that I was in, we had a problem of ha- about, you know, half to about three quarters of the group just would not show up. And we pretty much got stuck doing the same, the, the same dungeon over and over and over again for about three or four months. And I mean, it just got old tired i mean it was pretty much the same type of missions over and over is that what you mean with the star wars yeah i would i mean i wouldn't call it a bad game you know it's there's just not enough there to hold me okay okay i find that in with mmos it's if you don't come into it knowing a lot of people the game already it's almost like you have to kind of go and ask complete strangers if they want to help you with things and some people don't have the patience to put up with they always are always going around calling everybody noob and you know because they don't understand what's going on and that was definitely something i was having an issue with because i don't play enough to really understand a lot of the intricacies of some of these mmos Um, my brother introduced me to warcraft i couldn't get into that i think star wars is probably the one i got into the most mainly because i like the star wars series to me warcraft is kind of the continuation of D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, the role-playing game that I remember my brother playing when we were growing up. It seems like the electronic version of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, would you say that's an accurate description? Yes and no. I mean, obviously, the the RPG genre, I think, derived from the original pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons. And that's, I mean, that's still going strong today. You mean people, they still play that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Although, uh, now... Uh, I, obviously, as technology has evolved since uh, what twenty, thirty years ago, now people are uh, people are even playing pen and paper D and D online. You know, with uh, even with like Skype and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got uh, IRC chat rooms that do it and stuff like that. I mean, it's it, it carries. A, I I feel like it still carries that stigma of like you know you're a nerd in your parents' basement. You know, and you don't have a life and stuff like that. But I I think that's. It's it's a ridiculous notion because I mean, I know plenty of people that that have played it before and you know they're they're all cool people. Oh yeah, it's kind of like how a lot of people connect on Facebook. Well, it's the same thing with these gaming communities. A lot of people connect, and this is just something they have a common interest, and so they enjoy talking to each other. I've I've gotten on and listened to my brother playing some of his games, and people are playing together, but they're talking about a lot of other things. They're not talking about the game as they're playing, so it's almost like they're having a conversation and doing. It's like you're playing. A poker night where everybody gets together every week and they're playing cards, but you know they're not talking about poker as they're playing. So it's it kind of reminds me of that in a way, kind of bringing people together. The only cool thing about it is you could be playing with somebody in England and playing with somebody in Russia and playing with somebody in Maryland and playing with somebody in Pennsylvania all at the same time. Kind of kind of like a global poker game in a way. It's kind of rough estimate of the way I like to call it. But what are some of the games? I mean, you're a you're a PS3 gamer as well, correct? I would classify myself as a PC gamer, but I do own a PS3. I do actually turn it on from time to time, mostly for Netflix. But uh, I actually did, uh, I picked up uh, Persona 4 Arena recently, and I've been playing that with my brother. That's actually, I mean, that's that's been pretty fun for me so far. Okay, what, what type of game is it? The, per, uh, the Persona franchise is mostly, uh, it's mostly RPGs. Okay. Uh, Persona 4 Arena, obviously, it 
you, you might infer it as a fighting game, which it is. And basically, you take characters from uh, it takes characters from Persona Four and a couple from Persona Three. You know, they've got a new mystery to solve. Basically, they just pretty much got an excuse to beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> okay, fighting okay. games aren't terribly big on plot, although the uh, there is a there is a story mode which plays. Uh, pretty much, it's like a visual novel with a couple of fights thrown in here and there. So okay. you're it's like reading a book and then occasionally mashing the controller. Okay. Every you might have noticed Terry's quiet because obviously Terry, you don't really play a lot of this <laughs> kind of things, do you? Well, this sounds more like you it's something up your kids alley, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Uh, I literally have one game, one game only and that's Madden and I know uh, uh we were talking with uh Josh off the air and Josh's not the the biggest uh, sports nut when it comes to uh, playing the games, but I'm I'm Madden and Madden only. I'm literally on the edge of my seat waiting for GameStop to give me a call, letting me know uh, <laughs> that my game is in. Oh, sure. But, but with all that being said, Josh, I do I do have a quick question because I I had let my uh, kids know that uh, we were going to have a, a gaming reviewer come on, and, and they're big into the Call of Duty. And there is a uh, a new Call of Duty Black Ops 2 coming out in November. Uh, where, where, did you ever play the Call of Duty, or have you heard anything about the Call of Duty that's coming up? I have every Infinity Ward Call of Duty. Okay, now half the series is done by uh, a development studio called Treyarch. The other half is done by Infinity Ward. This It was originally done by Infinity Ward, so I'm kind of more biased towards those, because Call of Duty 3 wasn't terribly great. Call of Duty 2 is fantastic. Modern so Warfare Call of Duty, you're, when great. you say it's like two separate series going on, and one comes out in alternate years. So it's like Call of Duty, one was like World at War, where it's kind of like the World War II type of genre with the Nazis, and then the other version is like Modern Warfare Call of Duty, correct? Yeah, see, you could actually make a fair comparison to Madden, because uh, it's it's essentially Activision's cash cow. They're going to they're gonna crap on a new one every year. Right. Regardless like of whether they're good or bad, they're going to come out. Exactly. I mean, because in all honesty, Madden is pretty much the same thing with maybe a small thing added here and there. I mean, it's essentially the same game over and over. My biggest complaint with some of these games is, to me, like you were saying, Josh, is how they crap one out every year. They, they To me, it's like you buy these games because they have an incredible first game or first-person uh, shooter experience, they're putting more into the multiplayer version, and you can beat the game in, like, six to eight hours if you sat down and just played it all day long. You could beat the first-person game in almost a day. It's almost disappointing uh, in that respect. So if you're not a big online gamer, you're paying $60 to pay for a game that you can beat in almost a day. Um, That's very true. I mean, ever since... Uh, I want to say ever since Modern Warfare, the the first Modern Warfare, which technically, yeah, it's Call of Duty 4. Uh, they pretty much, the Modern Warfare single-player campaign, is it's good, but they started focusing mostly on the multiplayer. That's that's what a lot of people, uh, at least the, the what I gathered from the gaming industry, is that's what everybody's focusing on now, is the multiplayer. It's successful. Uh, the multiplayer is fun. Some of the issues I have, like... Again, I'm back to some of these kids. Uh, you've got young kids on there. I think they could teach me a little bit about swearing because they get on here and they talk and they're obsessive. Yes. Plus, they've level up fast. and they're. I, I mean, part of these, I think they make it too easy to kill you too fast. So it's like every, as soon as you get revived, you're getting killed again. Some of these games are a little frustrating. I, I don't get into the, 
I like the Grand Theft Auto series, but the online play to me is little more to be desired i don't play the online content for a lot of the games to me shooter games are the online content you like because there's something satisfying about you know blowing away a digital person so uh, and knowing it's pissing off somebody on the other end but playing other things as far as like grand theft auto online to me it's almost pointless because it's pretty much the same thing only rhyme or reason for what's going on half the time so one of the other things i wanted to ask you about is do you feel like the rating system for these games is just unnecessary because parents are going to to me it seems like parents are just buying kids of any age whatever they want regardless of the rating system it almost seems like it's not necessary well they try to what, think about it and james correct me if i'm wrong but you rate a game uh for somebody who's 16 18 years old warning them that it has uh, mature content in the game right what kid's really going to have 60 to $120 to go buy a couple of games at the store on their own anyway who isn't yeah. going to have their parent with them? Yeah, well, unless they have like a, a paper route at, at, at 10, probably very minimal. And that's that's the issue because you go to certain places, Walmart, whatever the case may be, and they, you know, they probably would say, you know, how old are you? I need, you know, you need an adult. But you could go to some other places that probably wouldn't really care at all. But I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. There, there are certain games such as Call of Duty that you know it, it has the the warning on it, and and I, I I let my kids play it. I but I'm under the assumption that they know that it's a game, and if they ever got to the point to where they started acting up or acting silly and thinking that it was any more than just a game, then then their behinds are finished with it. You know oh what I mean? yeah, you have to be responsible. I mean, if there's if there's anything that pisses me off more more than anything it's looking on the news and you know you see an, a, a kid that goes to school and maybe does a a suplex on a child or a ddt on a child or something and then they blame the wrestling game that they were playing or you know it's, it's a cop just, out it is it's a total cop exactly. i just get so damn tired of it over and over you know and you're you're terry you're absolutely right the esrb system is there for when things like that happen it really is the parents' fault because at the end of the day, like if you get a if you buy a ten year old kid Call of Duty and his behavior is adversely affect on it, then um, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to blame Call of Duty. Exactly, I'm not going to blame the makers. You know, I'm going to I need to look in the mirror and blame myself. And and you allowed them to play it, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately, we we as a society we don't do that any longer. Those those days are done. You know, if if my child does something stupid, then I'm suing the game maker, or I'm going to sue this person or that person instead of just looking in the mirror and saying I should have been paying attention to my child. Look, I let my daughter play games. She's ten years old. She plays online games that are meant for her age type, a Disney type of online game. They have something called Pop Tropica, where it's almost like it's a free online game. There's no sound. She loves it. And they have like a chat set up, but it's a predetermined where you can only say pick certain phrases that they've put in for right, you right. so that a predator can't get in there and pretend to be a 10 year old and, and, and kind of lure you out. I've already, you know, I've had the talk with her and I've told her because we're in the day and age where you just can't. It's not like we were kids where there was a sort of innocence of going outside and running around the neighborhood. In my opinion, those days are gone. Right. So you have to be very careful. You have to kind of explain to your kids that there's a a dangerous element out there and it's no less dangerous just because they're in front of a keyboard. Uh, yeah. You I see mean, this stuff on the news all the time. And if you look at it, if you remember when we were growing up, it was the Atari 1600 or, or whatever. And there was no games like there is now when my, my little one, he gets on and he's, he's 
had this fascination with Minecraft, and I know you'll probably laugh at that, Josh, but he, he loves the game. But the greatest part is there is no shooting. There is no, there's no violence. There's no cursing. There's no carrying on. It's just a very, very grainy picture in a whole lot of world of him just going out and building things. But it's, it's an innocent, you know, it's there, there's, I don't have to worry about anything when I walk away, in other words. I wouldn't go so far as to say that there's no violence because there is a combat element to Minecraft, but yeah, it's, right, it's right. so it, it, it's it's too it's cartoonish. Not, I guess it's not over the top. Right. You know, right. the the main idea behind Minecraft is that you're basically they plop you down in a world, build stuff. You're there right. to build things to build like. I, Warcraft in itself has changed overnight in, in some respects. Josh, did you play the very first Warcraft? Of uh, the original Orcs and Humans. Exactly. I think I played it in high school. <laughs> oh my god! I have played it before. I don't uh, remember if I played. I think I played Warcraft two first. I my brother introduced it to me. I went out and visited in Pittsburgh where I was in college, and he sat me in front of his computer and said, "Hey, you know, while I'm at work, try this out." And I went ahead and tried it. And literally, when he got back eight hours later, I was my ass was sore because I was still playing this game. It's literally just, it, it's almost like, it was almost like uh, The Sims, but with an action-adventure element added in, because you had to build a city, and you had to build, and you had to mine for gold to pay for, and you had to go chop wood, and Warcraft is nothing like that now. Online Warcraft has nothing to do with any of that element. So, um, but in my opinion, like, uh, Starcraft is the same way. Uh, you're pretty much doing the same thing still, so... Um, well, yeah. Like StarCraft and and pre-World of Warcraft, those are real-time strategy games. That's a totally different genre, whereas World of Warcraft, that's an MMORPG. Okay. So you've got you've got two different genres right there. I guess that's a good way to describe what an R, what what would you say an RPG? Yeah, uh, an RPG would be it's it's if anybody's familiar with D and D. Again, you know it's it's all it's it's basically under the hood. In World of Warcraft, there, there's dice rolling. You're not going to hit the same. Uh, you're not going to hit the same amount uh, every time. Every time you make an attack or whatnot, you, it's it's all based on stats, gear, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I will say that I did play World of Warcraft for about six years, and about halfway through that, maybe about I think it's up to its fourth expansion. The wow. fifth one's coming out soon. But after uh, after the third expansion, it just you think it's getting they, tired. They're they're catering to the casual audience. When you played the original World of Warcraft, it was very hard. You had back then you had forty man uh, raid groups. Uh-huh. Getting forty people together in one one place and getting them to shut up long enough to actually kill something. Oh yeah, that's not easy. <laughs> I would imagine. And now it seems like, uh, if I'm correct, the latest expansion is where you're adding races and adding people that you can create, but it's also adding something to the land, like another land, or changing something about the one you played in, so it's almost like a different totally story, right? Isn't the new one Pandas? Yes. That's, I mean, that's actually something that I like about the new expansion, but it's a little too late in the game for me. I mean, I've, I, I quit playing it uh, two years ago, and I'm I'm over and done with it. So that door shut for you as far as Warcraft is concerned. There is not a thing that will bring me back to that. Let me ask you a little uh, counterpoint. What What is the one thing you hated the most about... What What's the one thing you hate most right now about an, an MMO? That's a tough one. Is there anything like... Uh, is it 
Are they too expensive? Is it hard to get people together to play together? Uh, I mean, what's the one thing you hate the most right now? What's the most frustrating thing about an MMO that you think? Uh, Right now, my biggest difficulty is probably finding people to play with, mostly because I'm not a social guy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even in game space, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of keep to myself. I don't really go out and say, hey, let's go do something. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of people nowadays, uh, in, so, I mean, obviously you're going to have your social butterflies anywhere you go, but a lot of people will just kind of like stick their nose up to you. Like, I don't know you. Yeah. It's That's like they want to play with the people they already know in the physical world. The opposite of what you're supposed to do in MMO. You're supposed to get to know other people because you almost. This is the complaint I have with the Star Wars game. You there's it, it's built to the game where you just can't get past a certain point unless you have help. So it's not a first person yeah. game. So it's very hard to advance if you don't have somebody helping you out. Now there are uh, the, the, some games do come out with. Uh, I remember uh, shortly before I quit Star Wars, they were coming out with a group finder tool. I know World of Warcraft has had one for a while. And, and what does that do? Basically, it World of Warcraft, their group finder tool basically does everything for you. You just click the button and wait for the queue to pop, and then you go do a dungeon, which usually fall apart within... As soon as someone makes one mistake, boom, your group is gone. Even if it was just something silly, like, okay, let's try this again... Nine times out of ten, boom, your group is gone, because, again, you've got these people that are... It, We'll refer to them as elitists uh, okay. that feel that they're they're pretty much the cream of the crop as far as the people playing these games. They think they're better than everyone, so you make one mistake and they're gone. Now we were talking about games, and you you consider yourself to be a really big PC gamer, correct? Yeah. Okay. Are you running just are you running Windows Seven or are you running Windows XP? I have Windows Seven on my desktop and Windows XP on my laptop. Okay. And... Because Vista sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree. I'll give you that. To me, Windows Seven is Vista, but it's they've it's not the bloated version. They've basically made it a leaner, uh, meaner OS and runs really good, uh, especially on a laptop. Not eat all of your memory. That is correct. Vista was not so much of a problem if you had a system with a lot of memory. I actually tried to run uh, my laptop originally came with Vista, and when I tried to run World of Warcraft on it, and this is this is years ago. Uh, it would almost overheat to the point where it would shut down. And as soon as, uh, like, the frame rate would drop to about, you know, one or two when I've got a lot of stuff on screen at once. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I just got an illegal copy of XP and (laughs) installed that, thanks to my stepbrother. And, uh, yeah. I probably should not have said that, but oh well. I'm not the only one who's done it. <laughs> so, what do you think uh, with Windows 8 coming out? Uh, if you're anything about, are you rushing to go get it, or do you think you're going to kind of wait and see what happens as far as how the games run on it? Because I hear everything that works on 7 is going to work on 8 anyway. I'm not too crazy about Windows 8 because from the screenshots that I've seen, it looks like the the Xbox 360 dashboard. That's what I'm hearing, yeah. It's uh, none of that. That Metro interface. To me, it looks like they're trying to make your computer look like a big tablet. only problem is it's not a touchscreen. Nobody has a touchscreen for their computer, so it it, it doesn't... Yeah, that's true. It doesn't look like it has that, I mean, that keyboard mouse friendly kind of such situation. So, uh, and even if your screen was a touch touch screen, I mean, 
think about it. If you look at your phone, every time you see it with the screen off, you can see all the finger marks and the greasy, you know, your greasy hand that's been all over it. It's ridiculous. So your computer screen is going to look that much worse. So unless they come out with some kind of technology where it kind of like electronically wipes the screen off every few minutes, I don't know. That's, I think, going to be the biggest issue when it comes to like the touchscreen computers. Uh, but before we move on from the gaming segment, real quick question. Is there is there anything that uh, that's coming out that you're excited for or you're hearing any sort of buzz within the gaming community? Um, if I had to, if I had to shout out to anything, it would be Assassin's Creed 3. Oh yeah, I'm really excited about that. I just uh, just recently finished uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations, which, by the way, was much better than I was a little bit disappointed with Brotherhood, but Revelations just you know it kind of brought my faith back into the series. And here's the thing, Revelations. If anybody doesn't know, Revelations. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that the one? It's kind of like a sidestep. It's not part three. A lot of people look at it like part three. It's not really. It's kind of like a a little bit out of the storyline. Well, it's it, it Rev, uh, both Brotherhood and Revelations are an integral part of the Assassin's Creed story. There's uh, uh you have uh, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood and Revelations and that's all Ezio's story. Mm-hmm. The the entire uh, uh throughout the entire series obviously everything is is seen from Desmond uh Desmond Miles as the protagonist of the series. Everything's seen through his perspective, but they jam him into this machine called the Animus which lets him see uh basically he gets to relive his ancestors' memories through their DNA. Makes me feel like a total recall kind of thing, the machine that they put him in. Almost yeah. like almost it's kinda of like uh it reminds me of the Matrix in a way. That's probably uh it's probably a little bit closer than the total recall. Yeah, yeah. The the analogy of Matrix where they put you in and you're basically reliving somebody else's memory so you can kind of recall where it's like they were looking for something. They're they're looking. Uh, basically, you've got you've got two factions with the assassins and the templars. The templars are obviously they're the bad guys. Basically, they're both of these both of these factions are looking for these pieces of Eden. It's not exactly clear what these things are. Uh, the the few artifacts that they have found, they're they're able to control the, the control people's minds and stuff like that. So obviously, the templars want them so they can. They, their goals are similar, but the Templars want to—they want peace through control, whereas the Assassins, you know, they—they they prefer to have everyone have their free will and everything. Mm-hmm. And this new one coming out is called what now? It's just Assassin's Creed Three. What's amazing about this one is it's set in what the Revolutionary War, correct? Yeah, it takes place before, during, and after the Revolutionary War. I'm with the YouTube and watch the trailer. It looks pretty amazing. Um, we have a release date on that. When it's supposed to come out? Uh, October 30th. And you played it on the PS3 or the PC? Uh, the PC version does not come out until November 20th, but I pre-ordered the limited edition for PS3 because uh, there's also uh, for the PlayStation Vita there's uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation, mm-hmm. which you can hook up. Uh, you, basically, you can play that and then hook it up to your PS3 while you're playing Assassin's Creed 3, and there's features you can you can unlock that way mm. and stuff. So you're going to get the most amount of content on the PS3 version because there's also, uh, I was just reading earlier today, 10 hours of extra content in the PS3 version as well. Oh, wow. So this was started out being a uh, PS3 exclusive game, didn't it? Is it still exclusive? I don't think it was originally uh, PS3 exclusive. No, it was uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 originally. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so 
Uh, it's available for all the systems then. And you were saying PlayStation Vita. Now I had a I had one of the uh, the PlayStation portables, uh, the original ones, you know, the really slow ones that had the disc. How is the PlayStation Vita? It looks like the similar system to the to the PlayStation Portable. What's different about it? Is it more of an SD card kind of thing, or how does it work? Uh, yeah, the 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 game. There's no more discs. Uh, the the games come in SD cards, or you can download them. Okay. Now, personally, uh, my brother talked me into getting just. Uh, he he's all, he told me not to pre-order anything because oh, just download it onto the system. The problem with that is that uh, the biggest memory card is it's 32 gigs, which can, which can hold about 15 games. But the problem is the price tag. It's a hundred dollars for that. The system itself is 250 or 300 if you get the 3G version, which the 3G, from what I've heard, is useless unless you've got AT&T. And don't get me started on the whole cell phone debacle. But James, does any of your kids have this PlayStation Vita? Uh, no, not no, we. We don't have play. We have Xbox 360, which I know that's Josh's favorite system in the world. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, what I like about the PS3 is the fact that it's a ever-continuing, updated uh, Blu-ray player, for one. Uh, number two, I, I watch Netflix. It's our living room kind of entertainment center as far as we play our Netflix on it. And you can also play Amazon Prime on it. Uh, a lot of I love playing games on it. I have one of the original 60 gig uh, hard drive versions. Uh, I got it a week after it came out. It never crashes on me. It works great. I've never, I don't have a complaint about the system at all. And the fact that I don't have to, I don't have to pay to be online with it. Now they do have a premium service they came out with not too long ago, but I'm not really seeing anything that's like popping to me that makes me want to pay for a premium service. They're not really giving you, there's like some free games and stuff, but they're mostly like little kid games, not, and they have a few adult titles, but those titles have been out for a long time and I've already played them, so I don't see anything that pushes me to go get the the uh, premium service. To me, it's uh, it's kind of like a waste of money. Everything, everything you pay so much for everything nowadays as it is. I mean, Xbox. I mean, what is that, Terry? Like fifty dollars a year? Uh, actually, I think that's exactly what it was forty nine ninety nine a year. And yes. what do you do? You know what you're getting with that? You know what. I, I I I have to be honest. I have no idea. I, <laughs> I, like I, I, kid, I, I pay the kids, bill. Right? I pay the bill. They have it, and that's all I know. I, well, I wish I could help you. I'm sure, for, Josh. Do you know? I I have owned an Xbox in the past. The reason uh, the reason I gave it up is because it broke down on me twice, and I decided I didn't want to pay fifty bucks to get it repaired. So I went out right. and bought a PS3 instead, because they don't really break down unless you treat them like crap. But uh, with Xbox Live, uh, you're basically paying for the exact same type of stuff that you get with the PlayStation Network for free. Oh, just to be able to go on and play with other people. Yeah, not to mention uh, content for games that are on multiple platforms. Uh, that con- uh, Some of that content will actually be free on the PlayStation Network or PC and and this isn't th- this isn't from a developer standpoint. This is Microsoft that does this. Uh, they'll charge you for it. On uh, on X on the Xbox Live network. I don't know. Apparently, they love money. They they they'll, they'll ring you for whatever you got. It's I mean the games are sixty dollars a piece. The game systems are anywhere between three to six hundred dollars. You better believe the next one that comes out is going to be somewhere between the five and six hundred dollar mark. I think they learned their lesson a little bit with the previous game systems. As far as if you come out with that, there's a price point that people kind of shy away from. And then when the PS3 first came out at that six hundred dollar mark. 
kind of like the tipping. I mean, nobody really wanted to go that high. So the diehard PS3 people, they went out and bought it. But they didn't really start selling like hotcakes till they dropped it. Like, what was it, $100 the first drop? Something of that nature. Xbox 360 came out with the same kind of pricing structure. And then, well, the Wii. I mean, I mean, we have a Wii, but it, my, my daughter pretty much uses it to watch Netflix in her bedroom from time to time. And she likes to watch cartoons. And she plays a little of these dancing games. But I don't know anybody who uses the Wii as a serious gaming machine. It's... I don't know. I, I just don't see it. So you know, the Wii is my brother's got one, and I don't really know how often he uses it. Yeah, I would agree. It's not. It's it's not a hardcore gaming machine. I mean, obviously, it's specifically a gaming machine, but it's honestly, I would say it's for diehard Nintendo fans. You know, because I mean, obviously, N- Nintendo was one of the first gaming companies, and it's it, it has a loyal fan base. Uh-huh. You know, the, they're coming out with the Wii U pretty soon, and that should it better uh, better graphical quality than current consoles. But I'm sure that whenever the next generation of consoles comes out from Microsoft and Sony, they're probably going to have a better graphical quality. I could be wrong. I don't know, but that's just usually how it goes as it far as graphics like, go. It seems Nintendo's like they're more usually. focused on like being the family jukebox of gaming. You know. It's, They're very family oriented, yeah. Exactly. So, and and in my opinion, gaming is more of a single person or a couple people, but it's not like a family event most of the time. So, how often is the family all it getting together? Be. So, well, now that you two have ruined any sponsorship from Xbox or Nintendo, um, I'm hoping <laughs> that you're gonna go. Oh, well, hard. let's not forget we have an Amazon link on our website, and you can buy <laughs> any of this stuff through Amazon. So. We don't really need them. Uh, we have Amazon. Remember, three million dollars and ten cents. So that's correct. That's uh, correct. <laughs> so, so yeah, Josh, if you go to our website, you click on our Amazon link, we get a little taste there. But we joke around saying that if you spend three million dollars, we might get about a nickel out of it. So yeah, all these systems are available on Amazon. So yeah, that's one way of getting it. So we don't really need any sponsors, do we? I've been a loyal PS3 fan for a long time, so... As far as consoles go, the one... uh, I would say above all, the one thing that PS3 does have above Xbox, aside from the fact that it's a lot cheaper nowadays, as far as all the online stuff goes, it has better console exclusives. Anything that's worth playing on the Xbox, you can get on PC. And it'll run a lot better on PC. We're going to move on a little bit here. We're going to talk about Windows 8. Now, you were saying you weren't looking forward to Windows 8, but I'm not really looking forward to it, but whether we like it or not, it is coming. The release date is slated for, I believe the official release date is October 26th. That's the next version of Windows. It's called Windows 8, and they have a version. What's on it is something that looks like tiles, and they call it Metro. They're redoing basically everything about Windows, and a lot of people are going to be confused. I'm not really sure how it's going to take off. It kind of looks like the Microsoft Surface tablet. So it looks like I said before, it looks like something that's more positioned for a touchscreen. You're going to have to use the keyboard with it. So I think it's going to confuse a lot of people. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It takes corporations a long time to upgrade. And I know a lot of corporations are just now considering Windows 7, not even rolled out yet. So are you going to get it, James? Do you think you'll go or you think you'll kind of wait and see what happens? No. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm OK with uh with the Thrive at this point, you know, I don't think I'm going to go to any other tab. I really don't think I'm going to go to any other tablet at this moment. Really? I like my Thrive. You don't like yours? No, I have a Toshiba Thrive. Uh, and what I like about it is it takes a full SD card, so I can put a 32-gig SD card in it, and I can play movies and stuff off of that. I really like that. 
But I'll be honest with you, the Microsoft Service tablet looks really cool um, with that. As like a cover uh, that's magnetic right, cover right, that right. like what the iPad has. The difference being though that the cover when you open it up, it's a keyboard too, but it's right. real thin. I mean, it really does have some amazing looking features. I would really like to see. If it looks more like a laptop in some respects, but it does look pretty cool. Have you, hey Josh, have you seen the the new Service tablet? I have not actually. I it sounds like it would be really handy for work, but. Uh... I oh, haven't yeah. actually uh, haven't had a chance to take a look at that yet. You should go check it out uh, if anybody wants to take a look. They have a lot of YouTube videos for it. It's called the Microsoft Surface Tablet. They said it was going to be priced com- priced competitively with the iPad, and it wouldn't come out until after uh, Windows 8's been released because basically it is. It's called Windows 8 RT, which is basically meant for the Surface and then their tablets. Now there will be other companies coming out with tablets that will be running. Microsoft RT, uh, uh, Windows 8. It's not going to be just on their product. It's going to be on some other things as well. But we were also going to talk about the the new iPhone 5 that's coming out. And then my wife keeps pestering me to upgrade her phone. I keep telling her, you want to wait till closer to the end of September. I think beginning end of September is when they're going to probably announce the new iPhone. And there's a lot of speculation of what it's going to be. Now, Josh, you have the, the iPhone 3GS still, right? Yeah. It's obviously it's I'm kind of behind the times there. I got it because I wanted to try the iPhone. I've been using I've been using Androids, which are great, but I haven't I haven't had a chance to I haven't had a chance to check out the iPhone until now. But my biggest my biggest reason for buying it was because all my music on my phone as well, mm-hmm. and I usually use iTunes, and mm-hmm. that doesn't really mesh well with Android phones. Right. Well, you know, I really thought I wanted. I was with Verizon. I thought I wanted one, and then, but the problem was they waited so long before they even got the iPhone. So I eventually got an Android phone, and I stuck with it. I got used to using Amazon to get all my music in. I'll be honest with you, everything Amazon or everything everything iTunes has, they have on Amazon as well, and the pricing structure is more or less the same. Except with Amazon Music, it's a true MP3 format, which means you can play it on everything. And iTunes, they have a different format where it doesn't like to play well with other programs as far as playing it on everything. That's really Apple's fault there. Um, an associate of mine actually, uh, he, he, I think he wanted to quote Steve Jobs and say that uh, apparently uh, Apple is the future of gaming. Um, that's not the case and probably never will be because their hardware structure is just its so rigid. You can't change it, and it only works with Apple stuff. Yeah, that's what people like to do. That and just the thing is, though, that's trying to say like a touchscreen uh, device is going to be the 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 gaming industry's future, and I don't see it right now. It's not. I'm not saying that it's never going to be there, but for right now, for what it is, I don't see touchscreens going to kill the gaming community. But well, I mean, new- I I wasn't really familiar with a lot of a lot of that, but I can tell you that my kids had. Well, my my middle son had a um the uh oh man uh, that just totally escaped me there the uh the iPod I'm sorry mm-hmm. he had the iPod he decided he wanted to to move over to the Zune when when the Zune I guess was oh the Zune right okay. right remember yeah. that right well because he could not stand iTunes that bad the the music catalog was so much easier to update was so much easier to put onto the Zune versus iTunes was just a mess. So I'm with you on that one, Josh. I I could not I and I and I still have his old iPod. When I when I try to put it on, it's just it's a, I don't like it. I, I I very rarely use it just because I can't. You know, you want to transfer from here to there, and it just 
it's a mess and they still have their zunes and they love them but you know i'm at that point right now where i i think i want to move over to something other than the ipod just because i i can't stand anything to do with itunes at this point now josh your phone are you are you an at&t customer then i am and what do you pay for data i mean what kind of data plan do you have uh i've got the two gig data plan i've had that since uh and does that seem to be enough for you yeah, I don't really use a whole lot of data on my phone. Don't really play a whole lot of games on my phone because, you know, it's I mean, Angry Birds is great for some people, but it just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you, I've done the whole Angry Bird thing. And the nice thing about the Android phones, in case anybody doesn't know this, all the Android all the Angry Bird games, they're all free. I don't really understand how that works. They put little advertisements on there that are kind of annoying from time to time. There's only so much you can take of like throwing birds across the screen. It's okay for it's amusing for a little while, but after a while, it's run its course. Angry Birds isn't free with Apple. Nope. Really? Yeah, you got to pay for it. Wow. So you were gypped on that one, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I had it on my old. I. I don't remember what model it was, but I had an Android phone before I had it on that. I played it for all of two minutes and then put it down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's fine when you're on the crapper or whatnot, but <laughs> other than that, not really. Oh, sure. It's kind of like, unless you're somebody who's at work and you have a really good use for your tablet, it's the same thing, in my opinion. All these devices, your phone, I mean, ever since I redid my computer about eight months ago, I had to reinstall Windows. I like to do a fresh install once every year it kind of gives a little bit of new life to your computer i haven't even installed my email on it i use my gmail address more but i have not installed my verizon email account back onto the computer through outlook because i use it on my phone uh just it's kind of my phone has kind of taken some of the tasks away from my main computer where i can because i'm on the go and i can just delete stuff on the go some things are never going to replace your full-size computer you're not going to do all these you know productivity tasks you're not going to do all your photo work and your movie editing and you know, you're not going to do that all that stuff on your phone. It's too tedious. So you're always going to have a use for your big computer. So I think I like to look at like tablets, kind of like that in-between device. It's kind of like taking a book into the bathroom when you sit on the toilet. You got something to look at. Well, there you go. You got your tablet. <laughs> so, but nowadays, you know, you got electronics with you everywhere you go. So people are never disconnected from the internet anymore. It's just the problem is now you're going to be paying for it because a lot of cell phone companies have now decided they're going to start charging you for that data and not the minutes. That's why I asked you about your iPhone and, and what kind of data plan you have because I know AT&T is getting ready to come out with a big share plan that the same thing that Verizon had announced where you get one gig for $50 is the starting point. And I have the pricing structure on our website at thestatementshow.com. So if you go to the website and you scroll down a little bit on the blog, you can see what this pricing structure is for the data. But what they basically do is they give you text and minutes for free. And they give you unlimited of those because a lot of people aren't using that as much anymore. So that's something they're giving away because now that people aren't using it as much, they were going to charge you for what is at the highest premium, and that's data. You factor in the fact that, let's say our family, for for example, I have three people that are going to be using smartphones well if i start at the starting point of 50 dollars for one gig one gigabyte to share for three devices there's no way i i use between two and two and a half gigs a month myself to get four gigabytes is going to cost us 70 dollars a month and i guess that's why i was asking you about how much data you use so you know use a lot of data but if you use like if there's some people out there don't understand that when you watch netflix if you watch a lot of netflix you're going to go through your data really fast that's, I mean, honestly, that's why I kind of figured that the, the, they give you two gigs, yet you stream like maybe a couple movies and you're done for the month. Exactly. What's the point? 
I have the unlimited plan myself, but I have never come close to getting anywhere anywhere near three to five gigs. I, I, you have to be doing some serious, serious cell phone usage uh, to get that kind of data going. So, James, what's do you know what the amount of data you use a month? Uh, have you been kind of metering it? I'm, I'm probably about right at the same area as you are. Probably, I, I would have to say we went on a vacation one time. My little one, he w- he was playing around on the phone. And I would probably say the maximum that I've ever used, and that's wow. Through many years of dealing with Verizon's Unlimited, I would probably say three would probably be the max. I I don't I don't think I could get to that five level. Cell phone companies are now just basically char- they're going to be charging a lot for data, and that's just. Our bill is like 160, and by doing just four gigs, we're probably looking at around the 200 mark with taxes. So it's gotten very pricey. And we got rid of our home phone line thinking it would save us money. Well, didn't save us that much to begin with, and now we're getting ready to be go. You know, we're getting ready to quadruple what we were paying without the so with the with the mobile phone or with the regular phone. So it, it really didn't help us that much. You know, that's uh, that's where everybody's going. You you carry a phone everywhere you go. So it's kind of like your mobile computer. So you just kind of have to figure out if you're going to download content, try to do it on your Wi-Fi connection at home. And this is what I do. But anyway, I wanted to kind of talk about the new iPhone 5 that was coming out. There's a lot of changes that are supposed to be coming. One of them is every iPhone that has come out up till this time has had a rather large dock connector for the bottom. They've made a lot of accessories that go with that dock. They're, they're coming out with a new dock, or a new connector for the bottom of your phone. It's an 8-pin connector. It's going to be smaller because the current one is 30-pin. This way, they can kind of do everything across the line. It'll be smaller. It'll be a new higher speed so that it syncs faster. My wife's phone right now, there's times when it takes you know 5, 10 minutes for it to sync, depending on what you're putting on it. But it seems to be pretty slow. Uh, do you sync your phone a lot, Josh? Yeah, I just recently grabbed all my music off it. I mean, my library is not terribly huge, but it took about three, four minutes. I'm not like the hippest guy in the world. I don't listen to a lot of the most current music. So you're going to go on there. You're going to see a lot of 80s music, 90s music. You're not going to see a lot. I like to listen to a lot of classic rock. And, of course, Metallica is my favorite band. So I have a lot of their stuff on there. But 90% of my library is actually game soundtracks. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And that's why we call him the game reviewer. He spends a lot of money on games, and right there, he listens to a lot of gaming music. I had told everybody last week I was going to go see The Bourne Legacy soon, but I had right. not actually had a chance to see it. I've heard some things about it, and I watched a review about it and was actually pretty surprised, but not the way people would think because I'm a big Bourne fan. So why right. don't you tell us? You went and saw it. What do you, what do you, yeah, what you I did. I actually went and saw it with my oldest son and my middle son, and here's the thing. I know that you're huge into the Bourne legacy. I, I was just, you know, I, I've watched them, but I, I'm not like totally crazed about them like you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but with all that being said, I love Matt Damon's character. So I kind of went in this one with a little bit of reservations just because he wasn't in it, but obviously going to give it a chance. So went in there, realized very quickly uh, Jeremy Renner's character is much different than Matt Damon's character. And, and again, I'm, I'm going to tell you all this without any kind of spoiler alerts or, or any, you know, I don't want to give anything away to you guys, but it just, it failed to me that the action scenes were pretty good. Um, there was a, there was a motorcycle chase in there. There was a couple of fight scenes that were, that were okay. But for the most part, on, on the whole, the whole fight scenes were very short. They should have been longer. 
without like I mean every time you went you you, you got thinking oh my goodness this is going to this is really going to be exciting and it lasted for like 10 seconds where many of the the Bourne movies beforehand the fight scenes were much longer you kind of knew that Jason Bourne was going to go in and kick everybody's ass and with with Renner's character it was just kind of the dialogue was okay I and I'm 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 being very nice about that as okay the ending to me just trailed off. It it was not. It just it just was without any sort of substance whatsoever. I mean, that's uh, what I heard. I heard. I heard yeah. that there was no real ending. It just kind of ends abruptly, and that everybody's exactly kind of wondering what, what the hell's going on. I kind of knew that when you and I were talking, you know, he with with uh, Matt Damon when he said about the various um, the directors and you know and all that kind of good stuff that he 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 wanted everybody back and he wanted to read the script and once i realized that that's when the, the red flags kind of went up on me well the fact that matt wasn't damon on said, board with yeah it. matt damon said he would not do another Bourne movie unless it was the exact same three directors and most people right. understand there was a three directors for these movies there was an overall director there was a car chase scene director who handled all the car stunts and there was another director who's just for the fight choreography which gave everything a really uh a pers- fresh perspective when it came to each of these types of scenes in the movies so he said he would do another one if there was all three and originally there was gonna but then when the original director pulled out he decided he didn't want to do it and they went with jeremy jeremy rayner and kind of like a whole new script idea and don't get me wrong i have no basis i i've never looked this up so i have no idea what directors came back or or any of that kind of good stuff but all i can say is if i if i had to put a guess on it i would probably say that the the car chase scenes, the, all the action right there. He, he looked like he might have been back, but everybody else looked like they said no way to the to the movie because I it it was just okay at best. I mean, if I I'm hardly a movie critic, but if I was dueling out five stars, I would probably say two and a half max. Um, I mean, I think what most people forget is the fact that Robert Ludlum only wrote three Born uh, series. He only wrote three of the books. Then he passed away. If this movie was drastically different, it's because they actually wrote this script kind of off the cuff, and it's not based on one of his books. It's based in his world, but it's not based on one of the stories that he did. So obviously there's going to be much of a different perspective going here. So even though it's a bad – I've heard bad reviews and bad things about it and the fact that it was like – you know, some people are saying there's about five minutes worth of action, and that's not – I mean – And that's in a, true. In a two-hour, two 15-minute movie, so right. – I mean, I still kind of want to see it, but maybe it'll end up being like a video rental. So here, here's the thing: when when we left, my two older kids were 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 telling me that they loved it. They, you know, they they liked it. You know, I mean, they were they were on board with. It. As a matter of fact, my oldest son actually told me the other night. He said, if it was anything else other than a born movie, it would have been great. But because you go into the movie knowing that it's a born movie and you have super high expectations for it. It was just okay, if oh, that makes sure. sense to everybody. You know, so, I mean, it, so basically what you're saying is this isn't the Bourne legacy. This was the Bourne audacity. They had the yeah. audacity to release a Bourne movie <laughs> with Noah Matt Damon. So so I, I guess – I mean I'm going to kind of listen to what you're saying, so we may or may not go see it. You said you saw Hope Springs, and my wife wants to see it. And I'm actually – it's surprising. It's, it's a chick flick in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I'm hearing that it's actually kind of funny. Was it? When I went into this thing, I told you. I, I was just kind of going in date night. I had heard that it was funny, but wasn't all that sure. Meryl Streep doesn't exactly 
you know, isn't the next Eddie Murphy to me by any means. So I'm, I was kind of sitting around, okay, I'll, you know, I'll deal with this. We got into it and on, on a backstory on it, basically what it is is, the, um, Tommy Lee Jones and Meryl Streep are, have been married for, I think it was 31 years. Their relationship, you know, it kind of just like, Stagnated. I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm married. You're married. So it is what it is. And you know, you go through everyday life and yeah, Josh, for you, that would be kind of like your computer never being upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, take a cheap shot. <laughs> what happened was, you know, I mean, I can't relate obviously to, to Tommy Jones or Meryl Streep's characters in there. But, you know, it was one of those deals where it was the same thing every day. She wanted more. And that was where the Hope Springs thing came. That's where uh, Steve Carell's character, he was the he was the marriage counselor. They went to see him up in uh, Maine, you know, trying to get their relationship and their marriage back. Uh, the, the kind of the spark in it. There was probably 30 different times in the movie where I was busting out laughing. It had the. It had the heartstring moments. It had the it had the laughter moments, and um, definitely uh, a really good movie to take uh, the misses to. That's for sure. I would it, I would see that over the the Bourne movie again, no doubt about it. Okay, <laughs> if that tells you anything. All right then. So, was there any other movies you wanted to cover? Other than that, the only other movie that I I did take uh, the kids to see, well, not my oldest ones, but uh, my my younger one, we went and saw uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. If you have kids, I'm sure you've sat through them, whether in the movie theater or on your couch. Actually, I Uh, I got lucky. I haven't had to see it, but my daughter does have the first one of one of them on DVD. But this uh is a new one, and I saw a couple of reviews, and she thought Mm -hmm. it looked good. So And, and it is, and to be honest with you, I think it's probably the best of the bunch so far. Uh, very, very funny. It, it sort of bases around, and, and if you haven't watched, but if you have watched them, you know, you know, the main characters always, he has the worst of luck. Uh, and it kind of, it's the same thing over and over, but it's, it's much more funnier this time. And, mm. and, and my wife and my youngest son were all saying the same thing that we, we honestly think it was the best of the bunch. It was, it was a really good movie. And again, would see it over the Bourne movie if that tells you anything. <laughs> I'll probably end up seeing that one when it comes on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I mean, Josh, you, you're a Netflix watcher, right? Yeah, I tend to. Uh, right now, I'm going through uh, season four of Scrubs. Uh, well, I'm actually – I've watched that. But see, what I do is I, I kind of go in between shows sometimes. I'll, I'll watch it for a while. And then right now, I'm on, a, I'm on Burn Notice and Eureka. Those are the kind of like the two shows that I've kind of gone between. But every now and then I'll look for a good horror movie to watch. And you, I don't know if you've noticed this lately. Netflix has been putting a lot of these movies out here where it'll be based on something that's pretty close to what's in the theater right now. But even the description will say it's not this popular movie one. So why would they? Right now there's a movie out called um, uh, Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. I saw I I saw the uh the picture for that on Netflix. I did not watch it, but I saw it yeah, on there. I actually watched it the other day. Uh, I was pretty desperate for a zombie movie. Uh, I'm still waiting for The Walking Dead return in October, which I'm anxiously awaiting. Oh my God, yes. And I, I have Dish Network though, so I I have to get it. On. Oh, you gotta I have be to pissed. Get it on the internet. I am pissed. Anybody doesn't know Dish Network dropped AMC, oh, so I want to rip that thing right off my roof and throw it in the garbage. Oh, well, well, if you have no problem with ripping off uh, XP, I'm sure you rip off the program online, too. So <laughs> I got the first season on iTunes. <laughs> well, you there you go. Pro- you paid for that. I mean, you, you, can, you can buy it online while it's, while it's on, oh, sure, on the sure. air. So I mean, this new season looks incredible. But I did try watching Abraham Lincoln vs. Zombies. And 
there are a few. Let me pick a little part here. Uh, the zombies, some of them look really cheap, and some of them are kind of stupid. And they do kind of this thing where if you stay quiet, the zombies don't really see you. They just kind of linger on and just kind of stand in place unless you make noise. Kind of an interesting take on it. The guy who plays Abraham Lincoln, believe it or not, he's actually very good. I mean, some of the acting is really good and some of it's really hokey. But if I had to break it down, the guy that plays Abraham Lincoln, had you taken this guy out of this movie and put him in another movie where he was just supposed to play Abraham, I think he would be fantastic. Like, it's almost like they took a good actor and put him in a B movie around a bunch of B people. So there are certain aspects of the movie that are actually pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm a big zombie fan as far as some of the movies. Uh, I like I love the zombie movies, so I'll even watch the bad ones. Uh, albeit not very often, but I'll watch the bad zombie movies as well. But the um, bad ones are always the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there is actually one that's not on Netflix, but I've seen the, the preview for it, where basically it's a soldier who's in Africa, and the, all the Africans are zombies. And he has to, he kind of befriends another African soldier who decides that they're going to go out and try to find his family, so they're working together. So it's an interesting take on the whole zombie genre, but they filmed it in Africa, so it was kind of like a supporting Africa kind of thing. But uh, it really looks – it's on Amazon. Uh, you can get it through Amazon, but not on their Prime service. So you can still like do the instant video. I'm a big zombie fan. I know you are. Uh, love The Walking Dead. Any any true fan yes. of zombies is, has watched that. So the, the new Walking Dead series, uh, season three, comes out in October. I guess my biggest complaint about the the way they do The Walking Dead is they make you wait so long for the return of it. And it then they break brutal. the season down into two parts. It was brutal waiting in between season one and two. Because oh, yeah. the, the first season was only six episodes, and they could have done. I'm, I'm sure they could have done more, but you know, it's kind of when when doing a new series like that, especially with something that's not so common. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it's a huge risk for the studios and everything. So they kind of want to see how it's going to do. It's obviously it's zombies, and it's you know Frank Darabont. Yes, it's going to sell because of course. I mean, that's, that's a recipe mild. for success. I mean, but they got rid of them after the first season. Well, at, was it after the first season, or was it after like the first? Like uh, he did two episodes of season two, from what I heard. And I, I think I don't. Think I think he needed was, a bigger budget. I, I think yeah, I that think, was the yeah, issue. I mean, there, nobody's really come out and said what were the real, re- what the real reason it was that he he was he left. And I think it was one of those. I guess he figured his name was big enough where if he wouldn't complain and said, "Look, we wanted our budget intact. We don't need you slashing our budget. If you don't give us our budget, I'm leaving." So I'm thinking it's something along that line because um, I don't think they fired him. I think he just left. So I think so. I, you can notice you, you can really notice the change in the story arc uh, after those first two episodes, because uh, now, well, the, the very first episode of season one, obviously, it pretty much it almost follows the comic to the letter uh-huh. almost. And after that, it veers off in a different direction. And then at the beginning of season two, it's still different, and then eventually back on track with the comic. I guess if I had to complain about anything, and of course I, I can complain just about on anything, to be honest with you, but if I had to complain about anything, it would be the fact that I feel like they spent way too much time focusing on the fact they were at the barn. Too much of the pussyfooting around with here and there with just, oh, do we stay or, or, or do we go or do we ask permission? or And then, of course, you know, Rick's buddy, you know, pounded his wife when he was gone. So he spends the whole time obsessing on her, even though the hottest blonde chick on there. I mean, 
I don't know. Well, he did he did nail her at one point. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember how they stopped and he grabbed him. But I mean, she kind of grabbed a hold of his manhood there, and they went to town. But uh, James, you saw the show. What did you think? I love The Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, when you and I were uh, watching the uh, the finale there. I was sitting there like, what do we, you know, I, I wasn't even sure about the whole, uh, remember you were saying that it, uh, it kind of divides into mid season and then starts up. I, I was just totally confused. I was like, what are they only doing a few episodes this year? So then the prison thing comes along and I'm like, what in the world are we doing here? So I'm, I'm at a point right now that I, I need to go back and rewatch it all over again. Cause like you well, said, that's the, the whole one entire you... barn thing was just what? I, I, I want to go back to literally episode one, season one, and just do it all over again. I, that's how ready I am for the new well, season. Well, that, that's what a lot of these places do. I mean, number one, they, 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 they'll do a marathon again because they already did one. But they'll do a marathon right before they come out with season three. They even released the very first episode in black and white. Like that was supposed to make some big, huge contribution to it. So it, not that it matters. I would have watched it either way. But the first one's fantastic. So. The the comic is uh, the comic is actually illustrated in black and white. See if you're really really jonesing for the next season, go out and re- uh, go out and fi- you can find some omnibus volumes of uh, of the comic. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to issue 100 right now. Maybe uh, I think it's a little bit after 100. Mm-hmm. But trust me, the the comic is it's different enough from the series where you can enjoy both and still get you, you can still get your zombie fix there. Now the, the the story arcs have kind of converged. Where uh, in the in the comic, yeah, they did go to the prison. I don't think they're going to go to the extremes in the TV show that they did in the comic. Okay. And there there was a particular scene in the comic that just it really disturbed me, and that's hard to do. I doubt that they're going to do that for the uh, for the TV series. Honestly, I kind of hope they do, and I kind of hope they don't. But what are you thinking? What do you think? Give us a little taste. Of what do you mean? Revolves around the death of uh, two characters. It's just it, it's just the, the the way it goes down. The, the the particular characters that Kirkman chose to kill off. I don't want to throw out any spoilers for people that you know haven't seen uh, the the can't say it's going to be a spoiler for the show. But I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read that part of the comic yet either. Okay, okay. It, it's brutal. I'll go ahead and say that. Okay. And it's it, it also deals with a theme that's uh, the the theme uh, that's that's going to be for the new season is it's the it's that human element because at, at this point the zombie epidemic has spread enough to where it's now just it's just a part of nature. Uh huh. Like and now a, you just learn to adapt and live with it. Exactly. At some point, you got to think though they're going to break down to the point they can't even walk anymore. So that's the only thing that kind of confuses me. You would think after a while that they're just there's no, they would just the bodies would break down and after they a while freeze in the winter. Yeah, exactly. So that, that that's going to be interesting to see how they cover that and, and to see it in the winter time. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see that. I want to tell everybody to go to our website at thestatementshow.com. Check out our affiliates. You can also send us an email at thestatementshow at gmail.com if you have a question for me or Terry. Or if you want to ask something about games, and, and we'll, we'll get Josh to answer the question. Terry, you got a book called Fantasy Football, right? Or is it Ultimate Fantasy Football Guide? Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's called The Ultimate Guide to Win- Winning Your Fantasy Football League. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. actually selling pretty good. Uh, it's name it's actually going very well, yes. It's, 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 it's the Kindle edition. I did not do it in paperback, but yes, it's actually selling a little bit better than I expected. And that's uh, we, if anybody wants to check it out, you can go to our website at thestatementshow.com. 
and we have right below our Amazon link. Guess what? There is another link from Amazon. It's got Terry's book on there, mm-hmm. and you can go ahead and get uh, Terry's book on the Ultimate Fantasy Guide to Tennis. <laughs> so, yeah, the Ultimate gu- Fantasy Football Guide. See if you can go ahead and win some money with his book. Mm. Uh-huh. That so. would be nice. Sure, sure, sure. Well, the thing was, Zach, it was it was one of those deals where I, I got tired of, of, you know, when I first started fantasy football, there, there was all these books out that were like 200 plus pages. And I, and I got it was kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and and I, I said, man, I can actually condense this down to 15 or 20 pages and get my point across to to everyone. And that's exactly what I did because there's so many people right now that maybe at a at a doctor's appointment or you know a dentist appointment or just somewhere, and and they don't they don't want to sift through 200 pages of the same thing over and over. You know they only have time for about 15 or 20 pages. Mine is my own tips and strategies. You know and and, and how I how I became a, a you know a multi champion and you know I I don't I don't play for money, Zach. You know these things. You know I, I can't put myself out there like that. It's it's pure you know, candy that we play for. So I, I don't do money. That's <laughs> right. Fine. That's right. IRS agents, just so you know, he does not play for money. I do not. It's a free league. It's yes, a free league. exactly. A free league. Wink, wink. But no, wink, it's wink. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, but I, you know, like actually for it eventually. I'm sure they will. So yeah, exactly. He plays for the gay pride fantasy football league. Wow. Just in case anybody wants to go play with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that it, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. So we're going to move this along to the... Uh, yes, it, please do. It's time for a rapid fire with a game called What's the Chance? Let's see. I'm going to give you, Zach, what's the chances your 49ers will make it to the Super Bowl this year? Oh, I would have to say 110%. Wow. Wow. Why do I have to back that up? Well, number one, to call the 49ers. They're my favorite team, and that's all I need to say. Nice. Josh, okay. you live in California. That's got to be your team, right? I'll go with the Red Wings, but I, I, I would have went with because they got that, uh, I don't know if you guys remember a movie called Space Jam. They got that special water from Space Jam. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, I, I really think Alex Smith is, is going to put a great show on for us this year, and he's got a great supporting team. Um, I, I think I think they could pull it off this year. They came really close last year, so fair enough. My chance, so that's 110 percent for me. By the way, so if they don't, it, so if they don't make it, then I guess you ever can laugh at me. Then but, you can email Zach and let him know how much of a loser he is for that prediction. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, here's mine for you. What's the chances that Tim Tebow starts for the Jets sometime this year? If I could go above 110, I would. So, um, 150 percent chance. That uh, and the only reason I'm saying this is is because Tebow is is the lesser of two evils there, uh-huh. and and by no means do I think that uh you know that Tebow's done enough in the preseason to take Mark Sanchez's job by week one, but here's the thing: Sanchez through two preseason games so far, uh-huh. he's thrown for a total of 80 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, and in the game the other night, he had a a pick six. So basically, you couple that with the with the six sacks that he's taken, and and to me, there's no doubt that Tebow will start. I'm going to be very conservative here and say by week six, but I'm positive it'll be it'll be week suit it, it'll be maybe even a week sooner or two weeks sooner than that. Oh wow, no no doubt. So 150 percent, Zach. 
What's the chance Barack Barack Obama gets reelected? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that at a seventy thirty. Uh, I think that uh, Mitt Romney's gonna win, uh, honestly, because right now what we have going on with the unemployment rate, I think that's affecting Barack more than he probably thinks it does. I think by bringing Ryan on as his co, uh, what's his full name, uh, the the VP that Romney picked, uh, Ryan, he he just seems to have that young and vigor look about him. And I think that's going to help more than most people realize. Uh, and I think people just want to change. I just, I really think that they feel as though Barack had his chance and the government's not really pushing forward like they hoped it would. And a lot of people are not happy with that medical, uh, with the, what do they want to call it, uh, the Obamacare. I don't know. Um, Josh, what do you think? I mean, what do you, who do you think is going to take this one? Uh, uh... Romney or, or Barack? Honestly, I'm not. I've never really been a big fan of Republicans, but at the same time, yeah, you know, I think Obama kind of had, you know, he had a bum rap to begin with. I mean, the being the president after Bush, I mean, anybody's really going to struggle with that. You but know. you only get to use that scapegoat for a little while. And my thing is, I mean, yeah. at some point you have. I mean, he's had four years, so at some point you can't keep blaming on the previous guy. That's true. I mean, so you can't. It can't always be the same person. Plus, he just kept a lot of the same status quo uh, uh, policies in place that that Bush did. He didn't change a whole hell of a lot. He didn't close Guantanamo Bay like he said he would. So there's a lot of things. I mean, he's saying, yeah, he's pulling the troops out of Afghanistan. He's going to pull the troops out of Iraq. Guess what? We we're all still know over that's there. never going to happen. Yeah, we're still over there. So I only agree with about. I'm not going to say he didn't yeah. do some good things. At least he had the balls to try to do something with medical. But The way I see it, ever since post-Clinton, it's been picking the lesser of two evils. You know, I don't think we're going to see a decent president for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. But I, I do like Romney. I think he's clear and, and concise. I think one of the reasons that uh, Barack Obama took it last time was they wanted somebody fresh and clean in there. He had some young and vigor to him and... He seemed to be more of understanding of what's going on with today as far as with the technology and everything. He, I mean, he used a, a BlackBerry. Uh, a lot of the other previous presidents didn't even know what the hell a BlackBerry was. So you had somebody in there who seemed to kind of understand the people better, and I think that's what kind of helped Brock. That and the fact that he's a very, very gifted speaker. I mean, the man is just inspiring when he speaks. Romney is is pretty concise. He can, he can speak pretty clearly, so... When he picked Ryan to run as his VP, I mean, the guy brings some kind of young and vigor to the scene. So I think it's going to be a tough race. I'm thinking as far as, uh, well, I said 70-30. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revise that a little. I think I'm going to go with the 60-40. Uh, I think Romney's going to take it by 60. So you're saying Barack Obama has a 40% chance of being reelected. That's the way I look at it, yeah. All right, so fair enough. So we'll, we'll be able to hold that up. And now my uh, what the chances are to you, Terry, is mm-hmm. USC finishes as the number one team in college football. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the uh, the AP poll was just released on that, and uh, USC, uh, like you said, is the preseason number one. Honestly, they're strong, but but I'm not a fan. I think that the, the media loves uh, USC year after year, mm-hmm. and USC finds a way to not produce year after year. Their bench is thin, and, and football is a very, very brutal sport. So let me say... 5% USC finishes as the number one team at the end of the year. Okay, 5%. 5%. Okay. You still no, no, I was going to say, who's going to be the number one? I have no clue, but it will not be USC. 
Well, we know it ain't going to be Penn State either, right? <laughs> we definitely know. <laughs> well, that wraps up this week's episode. Don't forget to check us out on our website at thestatementshow.com and make sure you follow us at Twitter at Statement Show. The lights are out. Thanks for joining us at The Statement Show. If you like the show, go to our website at thestatementshow.com and click on one of our affiliates. Subscribe to our show at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also, check us out on Facebook and YouTube and at Twitter at Statement Show. For comments or concerns or to be a guest on The Statement Show, email us at thestatementshow at gmail.com. Thank you.